Man, I, I checked you out before I came on. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know what I'm gonna. <laughs> well, I was, I was a newspaper reporter. I mean, if, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> you know, would you think I was going to come in blind? Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. This week, Adam Kovac joins me. Adam is a published author whose reintroduction to Traveler inspired him to write a novella set in that universe. He talks about his journey of hope that got him to this point. Get on board the free trader Kovac as we are only two jumps away from our destination. Sisters and brothers, it is time to get rambling. Hello, Adam. Hello. Well, I was on Twitter. I think it was just uh, earlier this week. I think it was earlier this week or it was last week. I can't remember. And I came across, uh, I'm not sure how I came across your, your tweet, but you were talking about having um, your attempt at uh, publishing some fiction for the Traveler universe and with the hopes of getting picked up to be able to use that IP for, um, I guess, was it a novel or a novella? Yeah, it's a novella. So I guess the question is, what exactly, um, so what brought you to the point to, uh, I guess, writing a, a, this for, I guess, I guess you're kind of, it was a speculation. You weren't sure, sure whether you're going to get um, somebody to do this or not. So what, what brought you to this point? Well, um, can we ramble? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, Go for it. So again, yeah, so um, I'm, a, I'm a writer. I live in suburban Chicago, and I'm the author of uh, a novel called The Surge, uh, an, an Iraq war novel called The Surge. It was published in 2019 uh, from Engine Books, which is a, a literary press based in Indianapolis. Uh, I've got a master's of fine arts degree from Northwestern University. Uh, I'm also an Army combat veteran uh, and a former newspaper reporter. So... A few months after the surge was published, I was uh, I was talking with my agent, and I told him about this this idea I had for a Star Wars novella, a Star Wars story, and uh, I was I was fired up about it. It, it was going to take place like seventy years before the events of like Episode One, and it was going to have real fun stuff like a lone wolf, Mandalorian, Jedi, and like a deep dive into different kinds of lightsaber combat. Uh, you'd find out the origins of Count Dooku's curved lightsaber and all this stuff, you know, set in the criminal underworld of, uh, of Coruscant, the planet Coruscant. And I explain all this, and uh, there's this long pause on the other end of the phone. And, and you, you remember the scene in, um, uh, in, in Fellowship of the Ring? where uh, the character Boromir, he, he goes, one does not simply walk into Mordor, <laughs> right? And, you know, and it was, it was kind of like that. My agent's reaction was kind of like that. Um, he was like, you know, one does not simply walk into Disney and pitch a Star Wars product. Uh, he was like, you know, forget about it. Uh, don't do it. This is not going to happen. He said, you're, you're going to get paid very little, even if you, they do like it. Um, 
and but you're not going to make you're not going to make any money and you're not going to get they're going to own the rights and you're not going to get any cut of the subsidiary uh deals you know like the toys the 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 halloween costumes the the action figures yeah. stuff where the real money comes in he's like don't do it he's like write a memoir how about some ya you know write a young adult novel i can i can sell that but don't do this this tie-in fiction forget about it so that was a few years ago and then um i guess you have to flash forward to uh to the early stages of of the pandemic we're we're still dealing with and uh and everyone was on lockdown and um you, you know you couldn't leave your house and it was it it was impossible for me to get any writing done i just i just couldn't and i know a lot of other other writers probably felt the same way and um i was rummaging around in my basement and i dug up uh some stuff from when i was a kid and it was like my old role-playing games that i hadn't touched or played in like 30 right. years yeah i mean it was you know the I'd gotten rid of so much, but I still had, you know, like a first edition, you know, uh, AD&D player's handbook and, and the monster manual. And I had a few other like really old classics like Gamma World. Have you ever heard of Gamma World? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I was like, oh, man, I was like, and then uh, I was like, I was like, this just takes me back. And so um, I, I found out about Roll20 and, and, and being able to play online. I was like, you know, I'm going to start getting into to, to gaming again um why not so uh so yeah i um i i really liked what you know one of the games as a kid was traveler i had the the, the little black books you know back from from the the, the early 80s and uh, but i could never play those games because uh, i was the only guy who had them and i was just a teenager and i, I really wasn't ready to, to run like a, a campaign an open world sandbox campaign that traveler right at that time was all about um but uh, i liked what mongoose has done with the game so um i started rolling up traveler characters getting ready to play traveler and i was just bored out of my mind like i said i couldn't go anywhere or do anything and i rolled up like maybe like close to 100 characters and then i you know i sorted through them and, and picked out my my favorites from the so so this is a hundred that you did you generate them via the computer or did you actually get out the book roll the dice i had the book um and uh, uh you know i had the the core rule books and um but i actually for a lot of them i use this uh there's a website uh, it's called munson traveler character generator yeah and you can just blaze them up fast and uh, so i had like 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 five or six characters and and i got to thinking you know well, what do they like? You know, what motivates them? You know, how would they interact together? What do they want? And uh, and then all of a sudden, I just started writing again after you know months and months of not being able to put words on the page. And I, I you know, I didn't totally know where I was going, but um, but I just rolled with it and and kept writing. And uh, you know, eventually, I you know wrapped up uh this past fall with a uh 39,000 word novella uh with ideas for about two more books in a series and um yeah I just kept it in the traveler universe and I kind of blended a few uh you know versions items from the the classic edition and then T5 and, and what Mongoose has done I kind of 
put them together and scrambled it up to, to I think, to try to create a, like a, an original traveler experience for the reader. And I also, you know, I took real great care, and this was a challenge, to, uh, to tailor it for also for a mainstream audience. So that if, if a sci-fi reader had never even heard of, of the Traveler role-playing game, they could still sit with this book and, and hopefully enjoy the heck out of it and want to read more. So what aspects did you put in there that, that I guess would have tagged it to the IP? Because really, it doesn't appear to me that there's a lot that, unless you name like certain systems or certain worlds, that there's really anything inherent in Traveler that like compared to Star Wars that would you know make it a, a recognizable IP if you're just writing generically. Well, you still have things like... Um... I did name uh, name planets, lots of them. Uh, the action mostly takes place in, in an area called the Foreven sector, which I know is um, kind of a, a an open area yeah. for people to do with what you want. Um, so most of the action takes place there, and some planet names I made up, some based on you know to get into the background of the characters were actually from uh, you know like the traveler map and various areas. Um, a lot of the equipment, some of the equipment is very specific to Traveler or the, you know, the types of starships, a free trader. If you're going to use the word, you know, free trader, all of a sudden you have now dipped into that material. If you're going to use Aslins or Vargers and some of these other alien right, right. races, now now you're, you can't really tell a Traveler story without getting, uh, you know, some of the, 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 the favorites in there. At least I didn't want to in, in this right. one. So that's where all of a sudden this is definitely this is definitely licensed material uh, that to publish um, you you would need permission to to do that. So what I did when I finished um, finished the novels, I, I've submitted it to the two license holders. Um, so how's that work? So there's so who you say two so you have to get approval from two different people to get this to work. Well, hopefully, hopefully either Far Future Enterprises or Mongoose, who publish Traveler right now, would want to publish it, would, would basically want to acquire the product. So it, it's an either it. or, not uh, both, right? Have to agree to it. So it's either one or the other. I don't, don't quite, use... I don't quite know how that would work. I know, I know Mark could probably, Mark Miller, who, who, created traveler and who you know owns and operates for our future enterprises he could uh you know respond to the query that i sent him and say i'd like to publish it they've published traveler fiction before um or the uh the folks over at mongoose who uh who have a license from mark to to publish traveler products they've published fiction before and you know hopefully one of the two uh likes the story and and wants to acquire it so you could uh could you have done this through if you chose to not to say it would make sense business-wise but uh could you have published this through drive through rpg or does that type of content not cons does not like fall within their whatever that is that uh, creator Open gaming license? Yeah, it's not an open gaming license, but you can, certain companies, if you publish through them, through drive-through, as long as you don't use 
over a certain percentage of their content, you can do that and they get a cut. Yeah, uh, that's an option, but that's usually, as far as I understand it, and I could be wrong, um, for like uh, like game supplements or whatnot. And yeah. fiction is kind of an, in its own different area. And you can, um, and this is true of any, you know, tie-in fiction or, or fan fiction or any intellectual property kind of uh, narrative work, is you're free to write that and 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 put it on right. your website. You can do as long, but when you if you're trying to sell it though, right? Then, then you have to get permission from the license holder. And so then you just shot, you just did both that, that could do that to say, okay. So I was kind of wondering, you know, at first I was wondering like why, you know, it takes a, a, a pretty large leap of faith to just write something on speculation, but it was a novella was one thing. So it's not like you committed to, you know, <laughs> three novels, each of, you know, 700 pages length. It was simply, I think, a more doable size. And, uh, and also it was a exercise to kind of, I think, is a creative exercise for you as well, because the juices were flowing. You didn't want to, to stop it, just keep it going. Yeah, it, it was a um, uh, leap of faith is a pretty good word. You know, you, um, You normally, when when um, a publisher wants to publish uh, like a, a piece of tie-in fiction or or whatnot, usually what happens is they will um, they will approach the license holder and ask for a permission. Yeah. And then uh, if they get the permit, now usually the license holder is going to want some some cash or a, a piece of the action. Uh, and then what happens is if the publisher gets permission they will um, then they'll start approaching authors that they know of or that they have an idea who you know would be able to would be good for this product or project and then uh, and then once that's agreed upon uh, you know and then it's going to go back and forth and back and forth between the license holder and and the publisher uh, because you know the license holder whoever has the IP wants to uh, to make sure that they're their products being act, you know, represented in the manner in which they intended it to, um, you know. But the editor wants, you know, and the writer there, they're going to want narrative editorial control over the right. actual story telling aspect of it. So it, this is a this is a thing that that not a lot of uh, mainstream publishers are really interested in getting into. Um, you know, while uh, before I submitted it to. Um, you know, both Mongoose and Far Future Enterprises before I submitted my my story, you know, I was looking around for other mainstream publishers who might be interested in it, you know, like like Tor and and, and whatnot. And then nobody's really uh, accepting tie-in fiction at the moment. And I understand why, because like I had, had said, there's a there's a lot that goes into it. There's there's rights, there's lawyers, there's there's funds, right. there's there's finding the right, just the right author to 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 do this. And as you said, there's no real guarantee that this is even going to make money if it's going to earn out. Um, so I understand why a lot of publishers don't necessarily uh, uh, deal with it under normal circumstances, unless it's like their own house. But you could, if you chose to, you could just do uh, find and replace in, in Microsoft Word, and all of a sudden it's no longer a traveler. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it works good as Traveler. I mean, honestly, I, I 
like I said, I tailored the story to a, a mainstream audience. So the bones of the story are there. It's just simply the universe. You know, the yeah. setting is is Traveler. So, yeah, I could, um, you know, say it just doesn't work out and I can't find uh, anyone or get permission to, uh, to, to go forward with it as a Traveler story, as a, a hopefully a, a series, the start of a, at least a three-book series. Um, yeah, I will probably... Uh, kind of take a step back and then go back through the manuscript and uh, remove all the, all the traveler stuff. And then I would probably most likely uh, expand it from say 39,000 words to, I don't know what the sweet spot is off the top of my head for, for sci-fi. I, I think it's like around like a hundred thousand words, 110,000 words. And I would do that. I would expand it then. And then I would, try to resubmit it as as a piece of original material at least that's my my game plan so if, if you were to do that uh is is i guess the question then would you feel that it i mean because right now the underlying structure is existing there's an ex existing body that's underlying this whole thing of work right so you're kind of resting on you know the work of our mark miller and many others I guess, would you feel the need if you were to to go further to say, okay, now I feel that you'd feel burdened to like create an entire universe or would you just still kind of fall within that same structure, but it just be, this is not Oslan or this is not Vega, this is not, you know, and uh, go that route. Now, if I can't sell it as Traveler, I'm just going to have, like I said, I'm going to have to reload and just create an entirely new new framework new universe so it would be totally original uh that's the only way it would work at least that, that at least for your i head. think yeah. yeah yeah no no i would have to completely it would it would it would just no longer be a traveler story people would probably look at it and and find elements of traveler in it but you can do that with so much i mean traveler itself is is clean from so many like old school sci-fi stories um that you can find a little bit and even contemporary stuff you can see that the influence from traveler and look at the expanse novels you know uh you know you've got vac suit gauss guns you've got all you've got a lot of stuff in there that is is in both both different uh different universes so um and you know i mean if 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 the traveler material did, you know has to be removed because because it, it just the product is not what what any of the IP holders are interested in, that's cool. But I mean, it's you can have similar storylines like um, there's a, a a series Rachel Bach I believe is the author. It's the Paradox trilogy and um, a fantastic sci-fi uh, space opera. And it's it, it's it's a fairly some of the scenarios are fairly similar to the what you would find in a, in a traveler type of story. So I, I don't, I don't know if it would be too much of a problem to do it, but I happen to just think, well, travel is very cool. And I know there's, you know, there's fans of the game in, in the U S and the UK. Every time I go on like a forum or something, or talk to people who play people are like, yeah, man, why isn't there any traveler fiction out there? So that's another reason why I kind of went forward as a, as an IP project because i knew there was a there's a, a kind of a yearning for for this kind of thing 
At yeah, least I, I, hope, they, I hope so. Yeah, because right, because there's a baked in audience, right? I mean, obviously, it's an yeah. audience that you can lose if you don't do it right. But but you're right. I, I think that's also why you would choose to do an IP because you know that you've already you, you're gaining exactly that. Yeah, there's there's a ready made there's a ready made <laughs> readership right there. Like I said, you know, I mean, I took great great pains to uh, to make this also uh, you know uh, with appeal to to mainstream sci-fi readers. You know, and if I mean, in an ideal, a perfect world, you know, the book could get published, and people who never heard of Traveler would read it, and then get drawn into the game, and now the game has new fans, and and just the 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 world expands, sort of naturally. Right. I guess that leads into um, it. I know that that fiction and gaming materials not like if modules aren't the same i mean like they're they're completely different things because obviously right. whatever you've created it, it's it's a railroad for those characters that that you did but i guess the question did you have you also thought backwards like hey as you're writing a novel is this also something you're thinking of as like you could create um and publish like setting material or or adventures is that has that been a thought? Too? Oh, based on oh, like a like a, a spinoff kind of thing, based on uh, like a module, like an adventure based yeah. off of the, the book. I, you know, I guess you could. I mean, I'm, I'm getting that's getting way ahead of myself. I guess I guess to be doing that. Um, but you know, I mean, well, well, the Mongoose Corporation. You know, for example, if you look at any of their traveler products, I mean, they they do a great job with that. I mean, that's 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 a, a thing. If uh, you know, again, knock wood. If they if they like it, you know, they could print it as a a, a straight book, or they could um, really go gangbusters. You could put character sheets in the back with you know right. illustrations. You could have starship deck plans uh, of the character the ships that these guys are interacting with. I mean, you can do the world write ups. You can do the world write ups that you did. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things you could you could do with that, um, but it's got to happen first, right? <laughs> As a writer, you know, I try not to get like into that and 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 that far ahead. I mean, you have ideas. Uh, I think every writer who envisions, you know, their 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 book being made into a movie, starts to think of, well, who would play my main character? What actor? You know. <laughs> Can we get Brad Pitt? You know, how, you know. I mean, yeah. Um, but, I'm sure, I'm sure. but really, you know, I think it's best to just, just. I just try to stick with the the story and, and the words on the page. Okay, that makes it. I just thought, like, you know, really, because you are, even though oh, you I, may not say this is going to be the adventures what these people have done. There's definitely, you know, you've created NPCs, organizations, whatever. Aliens. Totally aliens. new aliens. Yeah, so you you've created an opportunity as you you're, you could be creating a source book as you go too. Yeah, you know I never thought of it that way until just now. Now now see now you've got my head going and I'm like <laughs> sorry. Yes, yes, we can, the little lead figurines yeah. that you paint. Yes, yes. You know, it'll be a whole section in the hobby shop. I mean, at, at this at this rate. Um, yeah, because I mean, it, it, and I don't know, and, and everybody's process is different. But I mean, you know, but maybe growing, you know, by working 
outward in different directions, maybe that will help you even overall with the direction of whatever future stories there are. Yeah, because I mean, technically, there's there's two more books to write based off of this uh, this this one one novella. There's two more that I that I know what's going to happen, um, and I've already started writing the second one. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It was a big, uh, you know, it was a big risk, uh, kind of shopping the the story without having been asked or hired to to do IP. <laughs> it usually doesn't happen. You know, like I said, usually this is this is a, a uh, an established um, author with a with, with a track record of sales, right? Who can, who can make deadlines? Who's who's you know willing and and capable of you know working within a an established um, you know narrative scaffolding uh, a set fixed universe? Um, but you know, I was a newspaper reporter for a long time, so I, I mean, I'm pretty. Uh, able to to work within a certain framework you know and i would get an assignment from an editor and he's like you're going out you're going to write this story you're going to talk to these people and this is what you're going to do what it's going to look like and this is the amount of space that you have to tell it in and here's the time front limit before it's right. due so i already had kind of had that in my background a little bit so i wasn't like really i i guess i wasn't apprehensive about just diving into uh ip sort of projects right and as you can tell i I just uh, i really am not kind of i'm kind of ignoring the the rules a little bit from ignoring my agent's advice uh and just doing it anyways because i i believed in it it's 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 well you you had to do it the muse dictated exactly i was called yeah i had no choice i had no choice (laughs) it's a purity of vision i understand that I will not rest until this is done. I really About don't care life. what anybody else says. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm I'm kind of like that. Um, I don't know if that's a good quality or not. I'm, I'm I'm definitely stubborn, but you know, I mean, and this is true for all writers. You know, you this is such a tough racket being a published author. I mean, you you spend you know years of your life trying to write a book, and there's no guarantee that you're even going to find an agent who thinks they can try to sell it. And even if you do find an agent, which can take years, there's no guarantee the agent is going to actually sell the book to a publisher who then is in turn going to publish it. Right. And actually turn a profit off of it. You know, it's a, it's a real crapshoot. So kind of, uh, kind of just being a little pig headed at times and, and, relying on just faith in yourself and belief that, that your story is going to have value to someone that someone that's going to connect with them. That's kind of what I think, no matter what you're writing, keeps you going in, in this business. And that's the kind of frequency I, I think I'm, I'm operating on. Yeah. And I think the thing too is, you know, there is no success. I don't think in life by quote unquote, playing it safe. Not always, no. Very rarely, you have to take risks. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I remember my father before he passed away. He was very angry. Uh, went back some years, and he had said to me, he was, you know, he he was he was very sick, and he was saying, you know, he said, you know, Adam, I I did everything right, you know, I, I did everything I was supposed to do, and 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 it's just not where it didn't work out, you know. And I got to 
I got to thinking, you know, if not long after that, I was like, you know, and I was like, but my old man never really took risks either. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really get the things he wanted because he, he always played it safe. He always had a reason why he could not do that. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm, and this is true of, of any, anything that I write. I'm at the stage in my life and I, when I guess I'm more afraid of not trying than actually trying and failing. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. You don't want to be your old man. Yeah. And and, you're great with regrets. You know, writing something I always wanted to do when I was a kid and you know, and and my parents always, they always said, well, you can't do that. That's not a real job. You can't be a writer. That, that, that's crazy. Don't do it. No, you need to study like computer engineering or something. That was, that was, that was the thing. And, um, you know, so when I, uh, when I, uh, I stumbled into, into, in the journalism, being a newspaper reporter, cause I could still write and get paid for it. And it was a real job. So how old were you uh, when, when this happened? When what? You, you became a journalist. Oh, that was in, um, uh, the mid nineties, late, late nineties. So how's one accidentally become a, a journalist? Well, so so I, I enlisted in the army uh, after high school, and I was uh, I was 17 years old, and this was in um, in 1988. So I'm dating myself here. Yeah. So in 1980, yeah. So I was uh, I was in the military in the U.S. Army for uh, over eight and a half years, and then uh, I finally got out and um, went to college on the GI Bill, and I I had actually thought about. Um, we're totally rambling now. You know that, right? That's that's what that's what we're doing. Yeah, uh, it's on the ten. It's okay. I didn't quite know what I was gonna do for sure, um, but I, uh, I I studied journalism is what I did, and uh, and just uh, I I think I had an aptitude for it and an interest in it, and um, so that's what I majored in, and that's what uh, I went on to uh, work in the newspaper profession uh, after college. And uh, I did that for a few years, and then, um, well, we've been at war for like the last twenty years. So, in uh, <laughs> it hasn't ended. Yeah, no, it was uh, you know it was going on. It was this was around mid two thousand, like two thousand six, and uh, I said, you know what, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna reenlist, and um, I tried to go uh, overseas as a journalist, as a reporter, be embedded. Um, but that never really materialized. None of the papers I worked for, uh, had enough money to send me. Um, right. it's expensive, but, uh, so far I decided to reenlist and I reenlisted for, uh, for an additional three years. So, so that's you, my journalism story. So do you think that, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, in the beginning, I'm sure it's the parents saying, you know, this is makes no sense. Don't do it. But I mean, obviously, probably the experiences you had in the army, your life, your view of of life and risk probably changed at that point, didn't it? I mean, is that you think that's what kind of did you come yeah, out as well, a different person? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think anybody can go through that kind of you know experience and not not um, you know evolve or develop in some way. Because what what happens if you if you're a, a journalist and it doesn't work out? What do you do? You just do something else, right? <laughs> you just keep finding a, a newspaper or a news organization. Are you just are you just quit being a journalist? Go do something else. I mean, there's no you know you think about yeah. what is what what exactly is the worst thing that could happen? Going to PR a lot of journalism. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a big transition. Uh, a lot of it's for, because it's better hours and better money. Um, 
and uh, it's similar similar type of type of work. So uh, whether you go into uh, you know working for like a trade publication, oh yeah, you know you know a company's in-house magazine that they have, uh, you know a, a university press. Yeah, there's lots of there's a lot of like feeder jobs that you can do with a journalism degree and and have a decent decent living. Yeah, and I imagine that takes a certain amount of personality because if you don't have a, a, a desire or passion for something and have to crank something out day after day, I guess you can just become a machine and just and just crank out words. You, you, you try not to, I guess. And I guess that's true <laughs> of any, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, um, you know, a lot of writers who, uh, authors uh, who write series have the same, I can't imagine what George R. R. Martin's going through having to write all these books and it just, how do you, was it Elmore Leonard said, this gets harder the more you, it doesn't get easier. It gets harder, you know, coming up with, uh, with new material. But, uh, you know, you, t- uh, you steering this back to like role-playing games and whatnot. I mean, that, that's something that, that, that's always been with me, you know, for a long time. I started playing D and D with, uh, with the old blue book. Oh yeah, like back. I, yeah, you remember talking about this old blue book, man. I was probably like eleven or twelve, and uh, me and my friends loved it. And it wasn't long, man. I was blowing my allowance at the hobby shop, hobby shop, buying modules, buying the little figurines, man. I used to, I ruined my eyesight sitting there painting these things, <laughs> man. Uh, you know, in my room at night, and um, it wasn't long before um, I was probably around. 14 15 i started going to to local gaming cons and uh and i would uh sign up and play in these like one shot tournaments and um and in one of the tournaments i was probably around like 15 i won like first prize for like role playing best role playing or something and afterward the judge uh, one of the judges he calls me over and he's like hey you want to join this gaming group that's been going on for like 10 years and um and I was like, yeah. And uh, I don't think you could get away with this now. I mean, these guys were like these old hippies, okay? And they played at the Dungeon Master's house. It was like a trailer in rural Indiana. And they would be up all night. They met every Saturday. And uh, it was wild because I'm in here. I'm this like 15-year-old kid with these like grown-ups. Yeah. You know? And they've been playing forever. And... um you know, they've got, you know, level 25, uh, you know, fighter clerics and whatnot. And then I've got this level one guy, you know, <laughs> hanging out at this party. And the monsters, I mean, I had no, would have no chance against them. I would be killed instantly. Sometimes they would get mad because they're like, we're always having to put, bring you back to life, man. You know, and it got to the point where, like, if, if we would get in combat, if there would be a monster, my character would have to hide. Immediately, I would, like, run to the back of the party and try to hide and wait until it was either all done or the monster was, like, laying on its side. and Maybe my character would yeah. shoot an arrow <laughs> long range but not get anywhere near the, near the action because one hit from, like, a fireball or something would, would just waste my guy. But, um, but those guys, they, like I said, they were a lot of older guys, and, um, and then some of them, like, invited me to play in other campaigns. And that's what really, like, introduced me to other games. Uh, like, uh, like Twilight 2000, for example. One of the guys, this guy was a Vietnam vet. 
and he ran this, I mean, absolutely amazing Twilight 2000 adventure. There was like 10 of us and um, all, all different kinds of people. And this was, it was, he had a huge like board map and everything. And we all had little characters and what the figurines and uh, he had model vehicles and whatnot. And it was, it was just out of this world. So uh, yeah, you talk about having a passion for things and, and, and things that, interests that stick with you for a while. I mean, I, I definitely can relate to that. Definitely in terms of not only just playing role-playing games, gaming, but, but you know, being willing to take a stab at, uh, at, at writing role-playing game fiction. Which, like we were talking about, before, you know, a little earlier, I mean, you've got a ready-made fan base. I'm almost surprised there's not more of it uh, out there by the, some of the gaming companies. Yeah, I'm trying to think too, because uh, I'm thinking of other properties um, like uh, Call of Cthulhu or Cthulhu or how we pronounce it. Um, right. That's another one that would I would think would be a. Maybe they do put out fiction, but like I don't know why they don't have lines of fiction. Yeah, I mean I know there's the you know the, the what was it Wizards of the Coast? I mean there was the Dragonlance, Dungeons and Dragons series. I think it was like. 100 books by uh as part oh, yeah. of that uh and travelers done stuff you know mark miller uh you know did agents of the agent of imperium he did his own novel which was like a dragon award finalist and um was it martin martin doherty uh one of the one of the writers and, and developers of the, of the game traveler has a couple of short fiction pieces there was a dude in the uh, i want to say the the early 90s maybe late 80s named Jefferson Swikaffer, and he did like a series of like traveler novels. Uh, he called it like Tales of the Concordat, and he, I think, believe he had permission from Mark Miller to, to, to run with that, and uh, Simon & Schuster ran those. Hmm. It was a while back. Yeah, I've never read any of the, the traveler novels, and I, I don't know why I should be, you know, Mark did a wonderful job with <laughs> the game. But I think when I just see one one novel put out, or maybe later on another one, I I just I I don't know. I guess I I wasn't sure how how interesting his fiction would be. I mean, I love his his game mechanics, right? But I like it's hard for me to say. Like, and he could be a wonderful novelist. I don't know, you know. But it just personally my, my enjoyed person, Agent huh? of the Imperium. I personally enjoyed Agent of the Imperium. I did, uh, and some of the other stuff I've read. Mongoose also. Um, Public has published uh, short stories set in in their kind of slice of the the traveler universe. So uh, I mean, it's out there, but it's it's hard to find, and it's uh, it's not it's not a widespread thing. And yeah, I have no answer for it. Yeah, and, and maybe I mean there there just must not be that there must not be that much money in it for them. Must be the reason why. That, that's could, I, the only reason I could think of. I don't know. I mean, it could be how it's these things. How do you market it? What 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 what's it like? And you know, I mean, it, yeah, there's a lot of different different ways uh, or reasons for uh, for why that might be. Yeah, and I think too is you know who knows you know maybe maybe they just never came across the 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 right formula. You know, maybe it's a series of ten novellas that you know. Maybe this Whatever. is it right here. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm the, the, the one say, they've been we waiting for. It's like, <laughs> you know, a lot. You can go on like uh, 
you know, talking about travel, you can go on like the uh, Mongoose uh, Traveler Forums or, or uh, was it Citizens of the Imperium? Uh, it's an old school traveler forum. And you can see like fiction. There's a lot of traveler fiction people posted on there. And, uh, and I read a lot of that. And it was, a lot of it was actually really entertaining. You know, a lot of people who, who write tie-in fiction or fan fiction or role-playing game fiction, they have no intention of getting it, publishing it or right. publishing it mainstream professionally, I guess. Um, so they, and that's, and that's awesome. Um, and a lot of the traveler fiction that I, I have read uh, that people have, have you know, fan generated, uh, it, it's not that it's bad. It's, it's that it's, it's a first draft. Like if the writer just rewrote it maybe 20 more times, uh, it, it, would, it would be a, a, a very, very different, different, uh, different story. And probably the length isn't there either, I, I would imagine. It's probably somebody taking a weekend, cranking something out, and then just moving on to the life. Some of these guys have been working on these, these stories, uh, you know, short. Almost some of them are on novella length. Um, for oh, really? a long time, yeah, they have, and they put. I mean, they've done a fantastic job with it too. Um, but that's uh, that's one of the big challenges of being a writer is 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 not the the it's not the the writing the story, it's the revising the story, it's the editing the story, it's the right. patience to actually do that. Um, yeah, so that way it eats a lot of people up. Yeah, maybe maybe also, of course, you're not saying this, but this is just my brain going. But it's like. <laughs> Maybe your other thing would be is is be an editor, and bring those people's works to life. Say, you know what, let's let's polish this up. I know an editor, and uh, there was an, go ahead. The, yeah, there was an attempt to do that. I believe uh, 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 an editorial consulting company at one point uh, partnered with uh, with Far Future Enterprises to start producing traveler fiction and publishing it and getting it, you know, polished and 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 ready to go in good shape for readers. Uh, and I did just, and then I, I saw this announcement that this partnership was, was, was formed and then it just went away. And I don't really know, uh, if there was a falling out or, or just, the, the I, what happened? I have no idea. Someone out there in, in, in traveler world knows the answer to that. Um, but I don't. Yeah. And right. And it could be for any number of reasons. And I think, it also seems kind of perplexing sometimes with the number of way things are licensed. I'm sure this didn't have anything to do with it, but it is just kind of interesting how many different ways Traveler has been licensed over the years. Um, and I think somebody went through that, through GURPS, through, you know, Far Future, to, oh, yeah, Mars, yeah. to just like, it is kind of s strange. I'm sure that the, the whatever copyrights were very clearly drawn and there was no but I just know sometimes things can get kind of weird. Um, yeah. And all these, all these like questions we don't have answers to. I'm positive right now. Someone's going to see this and go, this guy's an idiot. It's <laughs> clear as day. Everybody knows that what happened was this, 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 yeah. this, this. And if you had any concept of what you were talking about, you know, it probably has the answer that knows that knows all of this. Um, and I would love to talk to that person and listen to that guy. Get that person on your podcast <laughs> yes. and, and fill in the blanks, man. Who was in, I want the guy who was in the room when it happened. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, this is, this is a whole thing, man. Writing, you know, role-playing game fiction is, is not only, not just science fiction. This is new territory for me. 
And, uh, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't know if it's uh, brave or stupid to just kind of wade into it the way I did, but I did, and I'm enjoying it, and I just want to see where the ride goes. Okay, well, I'm – because I just uh, – I have another thought. Okay, you ready? Have you heard uh, Free League Publishing? No, no. So they uh, publish a game called Coriolis, which is a, if you imagine Traveler, but you combine it with Arabian Nights and you kind of combine it with the Expanse. So it's, okay. and maybe a little bit. So there's also maybe, um, whatever is that, what's that horror um, event horizon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you kind of shake that all together. And, okay. Uh, so it's very Arabian thing, but they also uh, had the rights to publish uh, the Alien game, role-playing game, which is okay. wildly successful. So you say, okay, they're publishing the Alien game, but this is something new that they're doing, is they are publishing three novels in the Alien game universe. Exactly, yes. That's very so cool. It, so it's using their IP in, in addition to that, but you know what? They've got Coriolis. It's a little different, but I mean, there might be other IPs that oh. are similar that yeah. are now saying, you know, what this shows is they're saying we want to go into fiction. Now they may, uh, and they're they're both big enough and maybe small enough to be interested, and in, in, you know, likewise with doing other things with their properties. Yeah, exactly. And I'm 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 sure they have writers lined up. I don't know. Ready I don't to know. go. Who knows? No, that's that's. I'm glad you mentioned that, man. I'm gonna go surf the internet. Yes, because they uh, they're out of Sweden. Okay. And they don't mess around, so their stuff is is top notch. So, uh, but I'm just saying is they are their stuff is fairly popular, has a fan base. Um, I think travel would be ideal in a lot of ways, but I'm just saying is it, it's apparent that Free League is saying we're going to get into fiction as well. Right. And I don't right. know. I don't know who else. Like, I doubt like Steve Jackson Games does. I don't. Of course, I don't know if they have any settings. A lot of them have done it, and then they they discontinue it, or they you know they've done it before, and then they just haven't in in a long time. And like I said, I don't have the answers to it. Yeah, and it's not like the old days. I'm trying to think. Is even. Yeah, I don't know. You know, well, the old days, you know, when when like like the Dungeons and Dragons novels were were coming out, you know, you didn't have ebooks were not a uh, as prevalent. You know, so, you know, the, the game company could print a lot of these stuff. They could print books, novels, fiction no- novels in-house with probably little overhead. Yes. Um, but now in the terms, uh, you know, in the time of ebooks, you know, you can, you could, you could just do role-playing game fiction as an, as an ebook. So the overhead is like next to nothing. And you still are going to have product that your fans are going to be interested in. And depending on how that's marketed, uh, you know, what, where do you go with your outreach and your promotional strategies, you could start drawing in those mainstream readers. Like I said, yeah, I, I don't know why more don't try to delve into that area. Um, because it seems like an avenue that would, you know, not only may possibly generate some, some, some revenue, but it would, it would be of interest to your, 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 your the people who play your game and uh, attract uh, new I hate to use the word consumers, but that's from a business standpoint. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So, 
yeah, like I said, this is this is all new to me, and I'm I'm kind of I've been self-educating myself over uh, the last year or so, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and I think the thing too is, you know, I, I think one of the reasons why people have difficulty going in a lot of these directions is that, you know, there's a lot of rejection that comes into doing what you're doing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and if you're going to be an author and if you're going to try to be a, a professional, you're going to have to deal with a lot of disappointment and rejection, and it's and it's and it's a lot of people don't. There's a lot right. of people have limits. Uh, I guess everybody has your limit. Um, uh, and that, that's a very real and painful reality of this business. Uh, you know, books die on sub, you know, people get agents and they still cannot sell their, their, their books or their book goes out and it doesn't perform well and they'll never, they don't get another offer. Um, and so it can, it, it is, it, it's an extremely cruel aspect, um, of, of publishing, not only, just in general, but especially nowadays, it's, 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 it's a, it's a tough racket. Yeah. And I, I also wonder too, I know I don't read uh, novels or even nonfiction like I used to, I used to read a lot, but my consumption has gone down. I'm assuming with the, you know, maybe I'm maybe making a wrong connection, but the death of like the Barnes and Nobles, I wonder, I'm wondering if just reading in general has, uh, take it has been plummeting but maybe not I know about, i don't know about that i mean every every couple of months you know i see uh you know something out of publishers weekly talking about you know bookstore sales book profits the people are still reading it's just going people, to the ebooks to e and that amazon's selling them rather than barnes and noble well i mean you know small books booksellers uh every now and then make a rally and and report um you know decent profits you know i, I think it just kind of goes up and down um you know over time and then you know what what what's old becomes new again and 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 then so the industry changes and the nature of the industry changes but people are still reading and people still want to read books and you know the types of books they want to read uh you know go in and out of popularity the lengths that's why i was i wrote this book uh as a novella and you know even my uh even my first novel the surge it's it's not a, a really super thick right. thick book and um because i think you know some people some people like reading a big big thick book other people like like the short form um and there's a there's a, a place for both on, on the shelf so to speak yeah because it's interesting because you know i remember back in the day you know in the 70s you know, stuff written in the 60s and 70s, which I read a lot of, you know, Dune was a huge book, but most of them were like the the Conan or the Michael Moorcock books. Yeah, yeah, only I like Conan. Two, they were like 200 pages, like 170 pages. I mean, there was no, and I think now the expectation is, you know, if it's not like six or 700 pages, you know, it's not worth it. And people for, will ignore it. Contemporary so, fiction, yeah, size does matter. <laughs> contemporary fiction right now, um, very difficult to get interest in anything that's uh, not around 90,000 words. I think that's the magic number for contemporary fiction right now. Um, I think sci-fi is like, I think the sweet spot's like around 120,000 words. But, you know, the readers of different genres, you know, they kind of expect different things. You know, like, like a sci-fi book will, can be really thick. 
and big because you know the readers expect that kind of world building fantasy same thing yeah okay they you they are for the world building and so they have a tendency to be a little more patient with you and they 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 want they want a lot of words they want to they want to really you know discover and immerse themselves in this 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 world that's being created and presented for them well like say like um you know someone who likes someone who likes a thriller okay they they want the pages to move short chapters so there's there's there is a bit of formulaic nature to some things and and then there's just authors who are simply brilliant and just and just break all the rules and, and 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 produce a book that's that's just that blows everyone away it's completely original yeah and, to and, a point and yes and you wonder how much of those get ignored because <laughs> they were brilliant they just never break through because oh. they, they failed to meet the format look man the, the best <clears throat> the greatest novel ever written um no one's ever read because it's never been published because an agent and an editor at some publishing house could not figure out how to make money off of it. And that is reality. Anybody yeah. who says otherwise is, is, is just simply delusional and lying to you. They couldn't figure out how to sell it because it was unlike anything else. And, and yeah, and that sucks because there's probably a really, really good book out there, you know? Yeah. That, uh, and, a, and an artist who just can't, just can't get a break. In fact, I'm positive there are thousands, thousands of them. Well, and you think too, it's it's. I guess if you would just the corollary, which isn't a good corollary, but like movies, it's like occasionally, at least if we'll say with the different kinds of genres or maybe the superhero genre, people pick a certain pattern, and then when all of a sudden somebody does something a little different, all of a sudden it breaks, like like say Deadpool. Now everybody loses their mind because the executives expect a certain pattern. All movies have to be dark. They always have to be this. They always have to be that. And all of a sudden, they can't just see that that's that people aren't wanting necessarily the same thing all the time, you know. Just because you know the Christopher Nolan's Batman is a certain way, we just got to keep getting darker and darker. It's not necessarily what people want. That may be what they want, but I think it's probably the same thing with books. It's just it's the formula. The publishers and and Hollywood and tv film and tv people and 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 publishing people i think could all agree that really nobody knows what they want they know it when they see it but really they don't know what they want they just no want one knows what, no one knows what's going to sell well they, because they think it's a risk. slam dunk and and it doesn't well they've got a risk and then what they're wanting to do is mitigating risk and so if they yeah. know that you know Flintstones is a, a huge movie. Let's just do Flintstones too. It'll be huge too, just because it's number two. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I can remember they were saying something about Mission Impossible. For, I can't remember. Some executive said, "Yeah, we they know that they already guaranteed X number of people watching just because it's the." You know, yeah. the fourth one of the series. It, like, like we like we were saying earlier uh, in the show. You know, I mean, it's like with with role playing game fiction. There's a ready made fan base, and you can probably the people who who crunch the numbers probably have an idea of of what that market's going to be, especially probably for film, um, film or TV. You know, novels. Uh, you know, the people in the in the publishing industry. Uh, God bless them. 
uh, yeah. as I don't know how, I don't know how they do it. And I don't know how they stay above, above water. It's, it's, I mean, we authors, writers, we like to, to complain about the publishing industry. Um, uh, just as a, oh, sometimes it's almost an adversarial kind of relationship, but, uh, but the people who work in publishing uh, at any level, I mean, are really talk about working with their backs against the wall sometime uh, and, and forced to, to deal with things that uh, the authors and, and the, the general public just have no idea what kind of pressure they're under. Uh, you know, so I mean, I, I gotta, I, I gotta tip my hat to them. And there is a lot of speculation. If you ever, you know, I've the publishing I've done just on for my own small, 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 small projects. But you know, I use Kickstarter to determine what I'm going to order. Yeah. But, but a publisher's like, okay, to make this worthwhile, this novel we got to print. Let's say, you know, ten thousand copies. I don't know what the number is. That's a that's a pretty huge investment. And they already know. I think when they print even if it's a good novel probably a large portion of those is still going to get scrapped out at the end you know yeah most i mean most i don't know i don't know what the ratio is of uh of how many books actually earn or you know sell out their entire print run at least first printing or, or whatnot that's why like you know pre-orders are so important to, to writers to authors yeah. it's the pre-order um pre-sales that uh that really can like make or break a book success when it uh when it when it's debuted yes yeah and i mean that's the that's the kickstarter portion of it where you already are guaranteed and that's where you can start right. paying for your print run and though you still may have risk you're mitigating risk because all it really yeah. is, is it means of mitigating risk yeah i see comic guys doing it all the time i've seen role-playing guy guys doing it uh uh, all the time quite often and you know what the print on demand i mean uh, print on demand format kind of can can al alleviate some of the the, the 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 i guess supply and supply issues that we're talking about um it, yes it can yeah so what you what you're giving up generally uh the print on demand yes the print on demand is a very economical way of doing things it's just that the quality is not as good if you're wanting to do a higher quality production. Right, right. But but a lot of print on demand stuff is pretty sinking good. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've my shelf has has got many many POD copies. Yeah, from small presses. I, yeah. Yeah. So I think you know, and I I think smaller. I think people who do we'll just say like zines and more boutique. I'll call it boutique. Oh, right, right. Yeah. You can, you, people kind of expect or want more or can expect more of a, we'll say a premium. They're willing to, like, if you're pretty on nice paper and things like that, that's the selling point. Where, But to selling to a mass audience, that's not going to work. No, but, it's a, but you go into it knowing it's a, it's a niche publication, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, you got that. I mean, you know, so, well, but, but that, that helps you, you know, structure the whole, the whole project, though. Oh yeah, it does. You know, I would imagine. You know, I would imagine it helps. It can. Yeah, yeah I'm just trying to think, uh, man, because like I was just thinking, you know, of course you don't have the 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 rights to it, but you know, with Patreon, you know, yeah. and and what's the other one's uh, uh, the Substack? I think there's a lot of 
vehicles that you a writer could be um, generating revenue. Oh yeah, I mean, let's, you know, self-published authors. Some of them do very, very well, very well, um, d- doing it all on their own. And and hats off to them too, because that that is very difficult to 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 earn out as a self-published. Uh, they they probably author. have to be a machine and just crank out a lot of works, right? Well, some write more, publish more frequency frequently than others, but it's I mean it's mainly it's the promotion aspect of it i mean you've got to cast a a really wide net and you've got to reach a lot of people and those people have to like it and those people have to tell their friends and their friends have to like it and then and and spread and build this chain and and that's where the legwork comes in because you're also a publisher not only are you you publishing so it's like i was it's like with photography i was uh, a lot of commercial photography uh, a lot i did out on the side for a while And I believe that, you know, looking at photography, the, the most successful photographers, uh, they don't necessarily aren't the best photographers. They were, it was the marketing that was key. Being successful really isn't necessarily being good about what you do. It's all these other things. Are you good at right, your finances? Are you able to keep your books straight? Are you able to market? Yeah, Are you yeah. do you have a business plan? Yeah. Yeah. At what point do you, do you think the listeners of the podcast have realized that we are no longer talking about role playing game picture? It's okay. <laughs> it, it's, 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 we've been talking now, so I know we can't go much longer anyway. Yeah, it's uh, it, there's no, there's no, it, it doesn't have to tie back. It's it's <laughs> truly RPG ramblings, and so even with the one we were. Uh, that, we stayed uh, on public for like uh, like like forty five minutes though. I think that's great. Yeah, I think we stayed on. I think we stayed on topic, man, without <laughs> rambling too much for for a good, you know, three quarters of the of the of the of the broadcast. You know, well, the the Trevor Stamper, who's I'm dropping his episode uh, Saturday, um, talking about whale poop. Oh yeah, I didn't realize that whale poop was such a valuable commodity. Neither did I. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? I get. I guess it's a rare substance, and if you find it. It's used in uh, the, the perfume industry, and there's people that go around looking for whale poop. Well, I'm going to tune in, my friend, because <laughs> I want to know more. I want to know more. There's a story here. Yeah, well, I'm just saying there's just a lot of interesting things out there. So we didn't stay on top. I mean, there is no topic. The topic really was um, it's ramblings with Adam Kovac. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I look yeah. forward. I look forward to listening, re-listening to all this. <laughs> maybe I don't. But yeah, uh, I oh, go ahead. No, uh, I was just going to say, like, I've had a good time chatting with you. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah, anytime, Adam. And uh, and uh, it, it's kind of interesting hearing all the uh, the angles and and, and the, 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 I think what you're doing is you are doing something that's very. I don't say unique because that's not true, but. You're definitely doing something that's on the edge of our hobby that I think there is opportunities there. And I think the experiences that you have are both entertaining and also enlightening because you, you are a published author. You got the search and, uh, and also from my understanding, Wherever looking, fine books are sold. I've also just told you're looking for some, uh, want to turn it into a graphic novel. Is that the case? 
Oh, I would love that. I mean, who wouldn't? You know, it's like uh, it's like having your book made into a movie. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. But the problem is, is that I think the artist. It's not what good. I find, yeah, it's not because I find art versus we get paid for art, we get paid for words. It's, it's that would be a that would be a Kickstarter project if it was ever if, if a graphic if, a, if an artist ever said, "Hey, I would love to turn uh, Surge uh, in, into a graphic novel." That would have to be a Kickstarter. Yes, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I was, also, it was, kind of, I was also thinking too, even with with your the traveler novels that ever it came about. It's like. You know, it's like you still have lots of opportunities. You have a lot of opportunities if this works out. You know what I mean? I think so. I mean, like I said, a lot of it I don't, I don't have the answers to, and I'm ballparking and kind of imagining things. But yeah, there's angles. You know, there's it's it's in the journalism business we would say it's a project that has legs. This is this story has legs. There's room to grow. There is, and uh, and I and I think. Uh, but I, if I, I'm not going to ask for any details, but so you submitted something that was a year ago initially. Oh, the traveler piece. Yeah. Uh, no, I started, uh, I started working on it a year ago. I just, it's, it's in the early days of, of being queried. But I think you, cause you said, Hey, this isn't really working out. I'm thinking about tripling the link, filing off the serial numbers and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had that. I had that thought. Um, that's what I would would do if 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 I couldn't sell it as a uh, publish it as a traveler story. But I think the thing too is you're like, hey, maybe I was too. I, if I recall correctly, you said something like, you know, like, hey, maybe things are changing. I maybe spoke too soon. Right, right. Uh, yeah. oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, I think I it was like, oh, you're talking about on on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. No. So. Um, yeah, so I was like, I had submitted it probably, the Traveler uh, story, uh, probably one or two months ago, and I never got an acknowledgement that anyone had actually received it. I was like, this thing either was deleted right away or it went right to spam. So uh, I think I tweeted, I was like, well, I haven't heard anything back, and, you know, I'll go to plan B if I have to, uh, you know, which is to take out all the role-playing game material and just rework it and expand it as original science fiction and the very next day i get a ping saying hey we got it we're be patient we haven't read it yet but we'll get to it i was like oh and perhaps i forgot that the gears of publishing work very very slowly well it's like hr you know you go to apply for a job and you keep waiting by the phone Right. You don't hear the call, but it's like, you don't know. The, the people could have been on vacation. They could have a lot of stuff going on. Serge was in the hopper for over over 12 months at, at this publishing house. Um, and, and my agent and I, we had written it off. We had completely like, okay, well, they're just not responding to us. That's fine, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an offer came. They're like, oh, hey, it's sorry it took so long to get back to you. We'd love to publish this book. We'd like to acquire it, you know. I so uh, you gotta, you gotta. Even I, knowing this, and even I still need to remind myself that, like I said, yeah, you know, the gears of of publishing, they move very, very. They either move like super fast or very slow, and there's really not often uh, in between. It seems. <laughs> hey, publishing man, if they if they get a product, okay, say you're like a uh, an an ex NBA star, and you write a book okay and uh, lands in a publishing house they can run the nuclear football and make this 
this they can ram this thing through in six months if they need to uh other times it might sit and just languish in someone's desk so until, would they, you, until they get to it so would you consider because i think i guess when you're going to them the ip are you you're saying that they would they would do all the publishing have you, have you thought about reversing it saying i want to i want to publish this what are the fees to use your to license it uh well then i would become being my own publishing house then i would be uh and then basically as a self-published author yeah and that's and that's not a place i really want to go um uh, just just professionally uh yeah i've thought about that and i've looked into it uh, and i don't know people who have and um and their stuff is really good too but uh right but actually but but like a, uh, personally i just don't want to do self-publishing i just don't I gotta do it. get it right. you know as as <laughs> as, as hard of a slog that traditional publishing is i i just i just do not want to want to want to go there as my own shop well uh good luck with that i really hope uh to see that in print <laughs> yeah hey man I, I will keep you updated and and again i mean it was it was fantastic meeting you and and uh and, and being on the, the is it a show is it a podcast what do we call it? what are the kids calling it these days yeah it's a podcast i, well, I, I, I hope everybody i hope everybody who listened or and tunes in you know enjoy themselves yeah i think it's definitely a unique perspective and that's kind of what i like is just uh, i see people that are doing interesting things it's just like ah i want to talk to this person that's the only reason i really the main reason i started this is just like you know what there's things i'm not hearing on other podcasts and I just kind of like to know more. So it's an excuse to meet people too. So anyway. Well, anyway, thank, thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining me, Adam. Yeah, really absolutely. It. it was great. It was great. All right. Till next time. Adios. Bye.